I cannot make this more clear that just stopping drinking does not fix abuse. Right. It doesn't. And I can speak for that firsthand. Yep. Cards on the table, full disclosure. I Just as much as I'm in recovery for drinking and drugging, I am in recovery for abusive behavior. Yeah. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Till the Wheels Fall Off. I'm Matt. I'm Paige. Today, let's discuss should I stay or should I go? Hmm. The million dollar question. Yeah. Like many episodes, let's open it up with a quote. All right. This one from Stephen Bartlett, who is the host of Diary of a CEO. Great podcast. Very thoughtful guy. And this is a great quote here. He says, the worst advice I read over and over is never quit. I promise you quitting is for winners. Knowing when to quit, change direction, leave a situation, demand more from life, give up on something that you know isn't working and move on is an important skill in all caps skill that people who win at life all seem to have. You have to quit your way to the life you want. I love that. It's a really, really great quote and it's yeah. loaded yeah. for what we talk about. I think that, um, he's probably referring to life. I mean, he's referring to life in general, but his, uh, his following is primarily business, business folks. Right. But this, this concept applies all over your life, knowing when to hang it up, knowing when to give in, knowing when to quit. Mm-hmm. This is a question that we get a lot Yeah. and it's, it's heavy and I'm not asking people to stop asking it by any means. Ask away. Just know that we can't tell you. Uh, whether or not you should leave your relationship. Right. Unless there's physical abuse, in which case I will break all those rules and always tell someone, get the hell out of there. Facts. Get out of there as fast as yeah. you can. Yeah. Like, as fast as you can. Yeah. Um, but in other cases, it's not always so clear. Although maybe it is. And well, let's get into that right now. Yeah, we're going to dig into it. So we have gathered some information on... You okay? You almost just fell over. I'm going to fall at some point. I'm good. Let's go. <laughs> you scared me. You kind of went back and your arms are balancing back and forth. Okay. So criteria, when to stay, when to go in a relationship. What did I screw up? Oh, I thought we were going to talk about like the reasons why people stay. Oh, let's do that first. Yeah. Can we do that? That's what I put on the outline. Yeah. You run me did into that. Did you skip that or on purpose? Nope. No? No, did You just kind of like... just. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not okay. all here so today. So Matt said, he's like, I'm tired. You're going to have to talk and hold this one. I'm like, okay, I guess I can do that because you held it down for about three weeks while I was recovering from the <laughs> the, crap, the crap that we had going around this house. And now Matt's got it. And all day today, he's like, oh, my ear hurts. I'm tired. It's, I got a headache. I can't like, hear out of my left you. ear. It's the most annoying you. thing ever. I'm sorry, dear. I, I just, am. I hear the sound of my own saliva and like, chewing and that's disgusting ugh, okay i hate it we're gonna stop talking about how sick we are i swear we talk about it every time we talk on a podcast let's get through this anyway so <laughs> reasons we're gonna talk about reasons why people actually stay in a marriage so y'all and i did want to say too because our we're we're called till the wheels fall off and a lot of people think of that as like oh my god keep never hustling quit. never quit never but that's not what we're about we everything every situation is different we speak at all different levels of what it really means. I think personally for full disclosure that this was like till the wheels fall off was our thing to each other. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into why that worked for us later. Hint, hint, it takes two people. Yeah. 
But I think that if we do anything, like we advocate for people to figure this stuff out. Right. But more often than not, both people don't want to. Right. One does, the other doesn't. Right. So then we have to look at other options. Exactly. Yeah. So we're just being real about that. And yes. Open. Just, and, just full disclosure. Right. Yeah. So reasons why people stay. So trauma bonding is one reason. We talked about that in our last episode. So people don't really realize they're in a toxic or dysfunctional situation or relationship until you really dig into the trauma bonding of the situation. I hope that was eye-opening too. I know the first time I heard about it, it was for me. Uh, yeah, it was for both of us. Like, what? Um, another one, another reason why people stay is finances. That's so, probably the, mm, like, that's one of the, the biggest ones. That's the one, dif- the difficult one, because let's say you're uh, the, the toxic spouse or whatnot, or toxic partner is, you know, responsible for paying your bills. It's hard to leave a situation like that and you don't know what to do. Um, did you want to elaborate on that one? Yeah. I think that that's the reason that a lot of people stick around longer than they should is because they, they look at the relationship itself like, okay, that's, that's gone. I can accept that. But like, I've got, we have cars in each other's names. Mm-hmm. Like we've got a mortgage, we've got these bills, we've got this loan that we pulled that we're both paying off. And it's, there's so much confusion around the financial piece of it. That yes. It keeps people stuck for years and years and years longer than it should. Right. Yeah. And I do want you to know, it's not impossible to get out of situations no, there are, like there, that. There are definitely uh, solutions there. Without a doubt. Um, another one is going to be kids. Yeah. When kids are involved, a lot of us think, you know, I don't want to break my family up because, you know, we're supposed to have a whole family, a wholesome family, and our kids need both parents around. And, ooh, we have a lot of opinions on that. Yeah. My, and experience, uh, actually. My older millennial heart <clears throat> goes to the song title of Blink 182's uh-huh. Stay, Stay Together, together for, for the, the kids. kids. Yeah. Yeah. Stay Together for the Kids was, it's a mantra uh-huh. for a lot of people. Yeah. Not always the best thing in the world, though. No, it's not. Um, guilt, you know, feeling guilty from maybe your family telling you not to leave or even your community telling you not to leave. Um, you know, people in your support group saying, nah, you know, you need to stay together. Marriage is important. Um, you know what though? What? I didn't mean to cut you off. I just had this thought. I need to get out there on that. Okay. The people that are generally saying that stuff to you aren't dealing with what you're dealing with. That's true. They are not dealing with what you're dealing with. To take, 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 take consider that. who's giving you the advice. Right, right. That's so true. Good point. All right. And the other one, which we're going to elaborate on because we do have strong opinions on this, is the concept of marriage and your vows. So a lot of people stay together because our vows tell you to. You want to talk about this? I'd love to. I'd love to. This dug into this quite a bit. So we live in a, so if you're in the United States, probably even North America in general, um, it is primarily a, Judeo-Christian society. And along with that comes the idea that, you know, marriage is forever. Yeah. That marriage is a contract between you and God. Uh, you made vows before God and that these things are definite. You do not get divorced. Mm-hmm. It's a contract. Marriage is a contract. Yeah. So let's look at it in the construct of a contract. Right. What are some other types of contracts? Credit cards. You sign a, you're right. You, you sign a contract whenever you get a credit card. You sign one whenever you get a mortgage. Yeah. You sign one if you're leasing a home. Mm-hmm. You sign a contract. There are millions of types of contracts. Right. And what happens if one person screws up on these contracts? There are covenants for outs. Right. Let's say that you have a contract with uh, Nebraska Furniture Mart for this brand new awesome TV. And mm-hmm. it says that you have to pay in a certain amount of time. And if you don't, they will take the TV back. Yeah. That's understood. Yeah. So if you pay your bills, 
you get to keep the TV. Mm-hmm. If you don't, they come get the TV. They file a um, a garnishment or a, a collections on your credit and your credit score suffers because of it. Right. When it comes to a marriage, people don't look at it as a contract. No. It's like this is a like in stone and blood thing. And that's just not the case. It is a bilateral contract, meaning mm-hmm. two people come into an agreement. They they have terms. The terms are typically um, to love, to honor, to cherish, to forsake all others and until death. Right. I think that we get that misconstrued and we look at this like, no matter what, I am bound to this contract yeah. without realizing that it's a bilateral contract, mm-hmm. meaning that you agreed and I agreed to do these things. Yes. When someone files for a divorce, they are not the bad guy. Right. That's not, like, you don't come after the abuser and say that, that you're wrong for filing for divorce. Like, listen, my partner broke the contract. Boom. They broke the contract. Yeah. And I need to get out of this contract because they're continuing to break it. Yeah. In an abusive situation. Right. It's, it's broken by the abuser, not the one that files. Exactly. And I think that so often people feel the shame that goes along with this because they feel like they're letting down God, their families, their partner. Mm-hmm. When the person who's breaking the vows is the one who should be feeling all those things. 100%. The shame and the guilt and all that. Right. But they're typically not. Yeah. Because they're not in a healthy place. They're not stable enough to say that I'm accountable here. Right. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's my perspective on marriage is that it's a contract like many others. And like uh, we had a, we had a, we had a real estate situation that involved a contract just quickly. We'll talk about this. Oh yeah. Right after college, we moved into this rental house, not far from the town where we went to school. And, um, the house was in disrepair. Like they weren't keeping up with things. Um, there was no communication. There was very little contractual paperwork and we found out that the house was actually in foreclosure mm-hmm. because a knock on the door by some guy who was like with the bank. Yeah. He's like, this house, I was like, I made my rent payment last month. I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, well, the landlord is not, not making, making their payments. payments. So I tried to get out of the deal and they were like, no, dude, you're bound by a contract. And I was like, all right, what do I do? So I got online and I found out uh, about this out called a constructive eviction. Mm-hmm. And it essentially says that a real estate agreement, lease agreement is a bilateral contract. I agree to do certain things. You agree to, you agree to do certain things. I was doing my part by paying payments, upkeep the property. They were not doing, doing their part. So I wrote the letter and we got out of that deal. And there was nothing that came of they that. They didn't do anything about nope, it. because we, we did had not a, get in trouble or anything. It was just what it was. Yeah, you broke the contract. Exactly. I'm out of here. I forgot about that. I'm so glad you brought that up. That's it's, such a really good example. It's no different. Yeah. It's no different. We both made a deal here. You didn't right. live up to your end of the bargain. I'm getting out of this contract. Right. So if this part is holding you back, just know, like, I mean, this is our opinion. Also, we've done a lot of research on it as well. And this is how we feel. And it's, you're not a bad guy for it if you decide to get out because of that. No, you are not. A quick break in the action to let you know about an exciting development in the Tufo universe. When we started this thing, we said we would never work with an advertiser or company unless it's something that we believed in and we already use. If you're looking for professional, affordable mental health care, look no further than Taylor Counseling Group, your trusted source for accessible therapy in Texas. Taylor Counseling Group believes that everyone deserves premium mental health care, regardless of their income level. That's why they offer reliable and affordable services at 12 locations across Texas. They've made affordability a priority. They are in network with most major insurance, and the standard private rate is only $100 per session, significantly lower than many other practices offering the same high-quality therapy. 
They believe that getting the help you need shouldn't drain your wallet. Scheduling an appointment is quick and easy with their convenient online booking tool. No complicated processes or long wait times. They value your time and ensure that you can access the care you deserve without any hassle. At Taylor Counseling Group, they believe in a personalized approach to therapy. The professionally trained counselors offer a diverse range of services, including individual counseling, couples counseling, family therapy, play therapy for children, and even specialized techniques like cognitive processing and existential psychotherapy. They're here to help you navigate life's challenges and develop a personalized treatment plan tailored to your unique goals. Taylor Counseling Group is your partner on the path to mental wellness. Experience professional, affordable care that puts you first. Visit their website, taylorcounselinggroup.com, or call them today to schedule an appointment and tell them two full couples sent you. A link and phone number is going to be available in the show notes. And back to the action. All right. So we're going to talk about the criteria to stay in a relationship. Okay. I love this, that you found this. The criteria to stay or this list here? Well, this is the list. That's what I said. It's like, unless you're going to go somewhere else. I'm, no, I'm, I'm going to go through 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 my list because I... I found this list after I made my list. Okay. But I think this encompasses it and then we can get specific in the criteria. <laughs> oh, so, I love this communication piece. <laughs> Sorry. No, because I specifically asked this question. Oh, you did? When I was typing this out. <laughs> Man, I'm trying. I promise. I know, baby. It's okay. It's okay. Okay. So I think when you're asking, should I stay or should I go? There are some things you should, you should consider. Um, when we look at what's underlying alcoholism or addiction, there is something that's really not discussed a lot, which is abuse, sometimes physical, but we're not just talking about physical abuse, which I think is what where most people's mind goes. It's, it's the emotional and psychological abuse that accompanies this type of behavior. Mm-hmm. And it, it rests in and of itself. I cannot make this more clear that just stopping drinking does not fix abuse. Right. It doesn't. And I can speak for that firsthand. Yep. Cards on the table, full disclosure. I just as much as I'm in recovery for drinking and drugging, I am in recovery for abusive behavior. Yeah. And I have that took me quite some time to come to terms with because I thought that once I fixed that stuff, this would just disappear. But it didn't. And I think you can speak to this firsthand as well, Mm -hmm. that it took much longer to deal with that stuff, the underlying abuse than it did just to get sober. Yes, it did much longer. Like some of it, it, it came hand in hand with some things. Some, I mean, alcohol drugs make the abuse worse. It yeah. exacerbates it, but those, those, those behaviors are still there. They were in me. Yes. And I've had to work through a lot of that stuff. It takes a ton of work. Mm-hmm. If your partner thinks that they're just going to stop drinking and this all gets better, you are, you could not be more wrong. Yeah telling you right now that it, this is what it looks like. Okay. Um, you have to acknowledge an, an acknowledgement of the harm or abuse of, yeah. or abuse. So have you, has this person acknowledged that the abuse it, is ex- exists Yeah. and are they understanding that they, they have a part in it? Yeah. Is there a resolution to change? Have they taken any action toward that? Is there communication and follow-up to ensure that Things are getting better. Mm-hmm. It can't just be my perspective that things are better. It has to be yours. Yeah. Yours is actually more important. And is there evidence of change? So um, Lundy Bancroft is an author who wrote a book called Why Does He Do That? And it is about why abusive men do the things they do. Is that the book you're reading? Yeah. It's it's an incredible book. I, th- I would encourage any man who's been in a relationship and been accused of being abusive to read this book. Mm. It will be the hardest thing you've ever read in your entire life because you will see 
yourself in this. And you just have to get really honest and confront the fact that you have abusive behaviors. Wow. And that you've done these things to your partner. It's really hard. Like it's gonna be hard for me to get through this. Like I'm I journaled about it last night because I had a feeling we were gonna talk about this today. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of got all those feelings on paper first that so I don't just break down right here, but it's it's tough. So a checklist for assessing change in men who abuse women. This comes from Lundy Bancroft's website. He's got a criteria here. So admitting fully what he has done, stopping excuses, stopping all blaming of her, making amends, accepting responsibility, which is recognizing that abuse is a choice, identifying patterns of controlling behavior, admitting their wrongness, identifying the attitudes that drive abuse, accepting that overcoming abusiveness will be a decades long process, Mm -hmm. not declaring himself cured. Oh my gosh, that's huge. Starting to say, so now it's your turn to do your work. Which no, I'm not is, starting to say that. Yeah, not starting to say, sorry. Yeah. Which is not using change as a bargaining chip. Uh, not demanding credit for improvement that he has made. Not treating improvements as chips or vouchers to be spent on occasional acts of abuse. Saying things like, well, I haven't done anything like that in a long time. Just give me a break. Why oh. are you making such a big deal about this? Uh, developing respectful, kind, supportive behaviors. Carrying his weight sharing power, changing how he is in highly heated conflicts, changing how he responds to his partners or former partners, anger and grievances, changing his parenting, changing his treatment of her as a parent, changing his attitudes toward females in general, and accepting the consequences of his actions, including not feeling sorry for himself about those consequences and not blaming her or the children for them. These are some really heavy concepts, but this is what change looks like. This is what change looks like. It's not, I'm sorry. It's not all the the little superficial piddly crap. This is what change looks like. This is hard stuff to go through. So if I am in a situation where I'm in an abusive relationship, alcohol, drugs are involved. I'm looking at these things. Yeah. This is the goal. If these things aren't happening, my decision becomes easier in my mind. Yeah. Where do you sit with this? No, I think that's a hundred percent. I just, since you were going through this list, you've done every single one of these and I'm extremely grateful for that because you were not like that for a long time. So I'm sorry. Um, I know you're, <laughs> we tell people don't apologize for things and for having emotion, but it's kind of an, a kind of a reaction yeah. to things. <laughs> we, we don't press record and like plan on stopping down the podcast with emotion, but it's just part of the conversation. Um, like we've lived through this, like as much as I'm recovering from abuse of drugs and alcohol, I'm recovering as an abusive man, which is the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life is to look that in the face and say, I'm not who I thought I was. I'm not this great partner. I'm an abusive person. And I've had to make, I've had to make these things right. This is the underlying crap. The drugs and the alcohol were just a symptom. This is what was causing this abusive behavior. Yeah. The need to control. Yeah. This is it. This is what's going on underneath the surface. This is what AA doesn't tell you. This is what all these things, these, these, these groups aren't really getting at is this, this was what's happening. Yeah. The abuse underlying all of this stuff. And if this stuff doesn't change, nothing gets better. It's so true. You can be an abusive son of a bitch and be sober. Yeah. That's like, like we were talking about on our call. Like, what do you get when you sober up a horse thief? Like you still get a horse. You're still a horse thief. Yeah. Just sober now. Right. Used to be drunk horse thief. Now you're a sober horse thief. Still a horse thief. Yep. Okay. So 
if these criteria aren't being met, let's consider criteria to go. Mm-hmm. What does it look like to look at your situation and say, all right, I got to get the hell out of here. Well, you know, you got to look at your reality. And we've talked about that in the, in the benefits of journaling. This yep, stuff. Yep. That's what I was going to say. Like journaling your situations. Anytime you feel like you're uncomfortable or your values are being violated or anything like that, write it out, talk to a friend, talk to somebody who may look at it at a different perspective and give you some advice that they may not see the reality. I mean, they may see the reality clearer than you do. So look at your reality. Um, what yeah. is the what is the person's attitude toward change? Is the second one. Yeah. Um, this looks like you've probably seen this. If you're listening to this, you know what this looks like. Whenever uh, what change looks like is addressed, you will get excuses. You will get verbal bashings. You will get blame. You will get all kinds of stuff. You got to know that that's not something that's just fixed overnight. Mm-hmm. That if their attitude toward change is very negative and combative, it's going to be a long road. Yeah. A very long road. I can't say how long exactly, but just know it's very long. Maybe mm-hmm. not something that you really want to figure out. Uh, the next one is, have you exhausted all your options? So like, once again, I think that we look at our story and like I advocate people, both partners to figure this stuff out to, together. Mm-hmm. But if you've exhausted all of your options, it might be time to consider Maybe this is it. Yeah, like if your boundaries are being crossed continuously, that should, that's a that's an exhausting your options because you're still trying over and over again. It's like okay, yeah, and we haven't written down like what what are the options, but we've gone through them perhaps in the last fifty plus episodes at some point or another. Yeah, you know, has there been acknowledgement? Has have you tried therapy? Have you tried couples therapy? Yep. Individual? Have you done some sort of type of twelve step program um, or scientific solution like medicine? To, to cure this? Like, have you exhausted all your options? Have you looked at everything? And right. if you have, if you, a lot of people have talked to us and like, I've done this, 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 this. I'm like, you've done it everything. Yeah. You've done everything you possibly can. Like spiritual counseling, like the whole bit. Yeah. And it's not working. Yeah. You've done everything you can. Right. You. That's the important part. It's so important. <laughs> um, is there a lack of accountability? Some people, we've talked about it now. Accountability in 2023 is a lost art amongst adults. That's the damn truth. (laughs) If there's a lack of accountability, I don't know. I personally would want to stick around and figure out how long it's going to take for them to adult. Yeah. yeah. And then patterns. Patterns Patterns are so incredibly important. Yeah. Patterns tell a story over time. Right. It's not like this. We're not talking about abuse. We're talking about just the, the pattern of... Apology, makeup, I'll do better, relapse. Apology, Apology makeup, makeup, I'll do better, relapse. Yeah. Is that's a pattern that's being repeated over time and nothing is changing to to uh, affect some sort of change on that, then it's not going to change. Yeah. It's just not going to fix itself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So these are the criteria. Should I stay? Should I go? Once again, I'm not going to tell anyone, get out of your relationship unless there is physical abuse. Mm-hmm. dangerous physical abuse, but I think that emotional abuse perhaps is just as bad, if not worse mm-hmm. in some ways. Um, so I was actually told that by a professional. It is, uh, it's, it's tough for me. I don't in page as well. Like we, we don't, we don't know your lives, your partners, like your situations, like, and I don't want to be responsible for like ending anyone's marriage, hearing one side of it through a, a DM or something, you know, right. just, that's right. irresponsible of us to even make some sort of judgment about that. No, absolutely. But we can help. Like we can tell you guide, guide you what to do 
to make a decision? Like, what can you do for yourself to help you make a decision? Because a lot of the times you're going to listen to this and think, well, I know what I need to do, but how do I do it? Um, and it's all going to start with you building your confidence up. Yeah. And taking care of yourself and having, you know, self-care and hobbies and reading and journaling and doing personal development, development, because once you start building up your self-esteem, you're going to be able to make decisions that align with your values. So that's the first step Yeah. in making the decision is to build your confidence up to the point where you're proud of the person making the decision. Yes. Okay. What's step two? Uh, figure out your values. You know, what do you tolerate? What don't you tolerate? Write them out, look it up, read books on values, listen to podcasts, you know, try to find out who you are again. Um, <clears throat> because values are just really who you are at your core. Yeah. Those are the rules that you live by. Mm -hmm. Think of it. And values are for me in my little hamster brain are so simple. When I have to think about a tough decision to make, I just go back to my values. I'm like, well, what do my values say? Yeah. And then I make a decision based off of that. Yeah. So it's always consistent. Right. And I don't have to feel bad about it because my values are who I am. Yep. I don't have to get wishy-washy about things, you know? Right. Uh, okay. What's next? Set boundaries. Oh yeah. We've talked about this in depth. Mm-hmm. And an, an amazing boundary to start with for yourself. And we heard this from a wheelie, which I wish I, I would say her name, but I don't, I didn't get permission, so I'm not going to. Okay. Um, but she said that don't allow the other person to steal your mood, you know, and I've had to work on that for years. Don't allow you. them to steal your peace. Don't, don't let them steal your peace, your happiness, you know, let them do what they have to do. Let them be toxic in their own little world. You know, don't try to control their actions and take control of your happiness and say, you know what, today I'm not going to allow you to mess with my goals and my happiness and my emotions. And that's huge. It feels good to just let go of that. I've, I've put that in my own words. And I, what I always say is that you cannot afford the rent in my head. Right. You've said that so much. It is so expensive. It is like yeah. downtown Manhattan penthouse prices. You can't afford it. Right. You're not getting in there. And something that I learned in therapy and what I've even um, explained to many of my clients is I say in your head, mind your own business. If you feel something that's coming up and you're like, this person's going to take my piece today. Just say in your head over and over again, mind your own business, mind your own business. And it's just kind of lets go of that control of allowing them to take over your emotions. Feeling that you have the responsibility to, to even change them as well. Yeah. Just going to stay just in my lane. stay in my lane, mind your own business. Mm, it's powerful. It really simple is. It's so man. simple and it's so powerful. And I remember when I first heard it, I was kind of questioning it questioning it because I'm like, this is my husband. I'm married to him. I don't need to mind my own business, you know? But then I was like, that's exhausting. I still need to mind my own business in my relationship. That's a healthy boundary to have for yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Okay. All right. So then in the last thing to help you make a decision is like, if your boundaries are caught, crossed, have a plan in place. You know, if you feel like you need to separate yourself from this situation, not necessarily like completely divorce immediately. What if you go to a family, a family's house or a friend's house, somewhere that you can stay for a while so that you can get detached from this? Because Matt used to tell me this one thing all the time about, Oh, did I? I'm scared of what's coming next. What is this? No, where you say like, it's hard to heal where you've been hurt. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah, what is that? What you say? Yeah, is that the is that the sentence? The quote? Uh, I, I don't remember the exact quote, but you paraphrased it just fine. Okay. Yeah. yeah, because if you're in it, it's really hard to heal from whatever is going on. So if you need to separate yourself to try to get an idea of what you want to do next, that's okay. It's okay. Yeah, it's nearly impossible if if 
if you're sick in an environment to get well in that environment. Yes. Yes. It's the environment. That was the word. Um, <laughs> like if you had asthma and your whole family smoked, like yeah. you wouldn't get better. No, you got out of the house. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doesn't get better. Um, having said all of this, there are, there are a certain level or certain amount of people that want to know how to be happy in a toxic environment. Mm-hmm. I have experience with this and I don't recommend it to anyone, but I think it'd be fair to talk about it Okay, because there are a lot of people who are interested in doing this. And I, I know that there are some people who've worked incredibly hard on themselves and in uh, programs like Al-Anon that are able to do this mm-hmm. and they have someone in their life who's still drinking and they have serenity in their life. And I think that there's something beautiful about that. Um, personally, I think that it's, I've, I've been, I've been in it so I can speak personally that over time it will wear you down to a nub right? and it has, it's, it has a price to pay, Yeah. but I'll talk about what that's like. Um, if you want to be happy in toxicity, so you have to first and learn to accept people as they are and remove all expectations of those people. Literally looking at this in black and white and saying, this is who this person is. The pattern of behavior tells me this is who they are. And my expectation when I show up today has to be, this is who they are. Do not expect anything better. Right. This is who they are. Expect worse possibly, but never better. Yeah. So you kind of have to remove any hope. So you're living without hope, which is why I didn't really like doing this. Right. But the uh, step two to this is accepting accountability for my part in this, Mm -hmm. which is the fact that I choose, I, I have a freedom in this that I choose to show up into this relationship every day. It's a choice that I'm making. I have a part in it and my part in it is this. And I'm, I might've done some things in the past as well that led to how bad things have gotten, whether or not I've made amends for them or not means it's st- still the fact is I've, I've done things and I have to take accountability for that. Mm-hmm. You can't go in there feeling like a complete victim every day. Right. I think that the, if you, if you do that, it, it's going to leave you much worse off than you were. Mm-hmm. Otherwise you have to walk into it knowing that like, okay, I've got a part in this and I'm participating in this, if that makes sense at all. Yep. Uh, number three, um, control only what you can, um, which is just your responses and actions, attitudes. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Your attitudes, your angle of attack, your response is your response to um, any kind of output that you might get from somebody. Um, that's about all you can control in this world. Yeah. That's it. Understanding just those things. That's all I can control. It's like the serenity prayer. Yeah, exactly. Say that over and over and over. I've had to do that in these types of situations before. Yeah. Um, you also have to understand this is another part of it. I hate about it, uh, that you have to understand that your happiness will have a limit. Mm-hmm. It's like, and I think that humans in general, like we like to be hopeful. It's fun to think about how great things could be tomorrow. You know, there's another s- set of people that are pessimists who would say like, I wonder how much worse they could get. I've always liked the optimistic point of view is like, you know, what could go right tomorrow? As yeah. opposed to what could go wrong tomorrow. Right. Being in this type of relationship and choosing to be in the type of relationship, you sort of have to squash that hope. Yeah. And so you have to know like this is as good as it's going to get. Yeah. Is that I can maintain this and some days will be better than others, but it will never get substantially better. I'll never get my dream out of this. I'll never get like what I really hoped out of this. You're just sort of stuck and that will That'll crush you over time. Yeah, it will. If you're working on yourself, if, if you listen to a podcast like this, mm-hmm. and if you're like working towards something better, like this, this is very painful to live through. Yeah. To, to understand that there's a, a speed limiter on your happiness. Yeah. It can only go so high. So you have to be very realistic about that. 
Um, I think the last piece of it that will keep you sane in it uh, is that you have to understand that you do have the freedom to go at any time. You're choosing to be there. Oh, and yeah. I, that, a reason I, I recommend that is because it does give you some sort of power. power. To, it yep. keeps some sort of power within you saying, yeah, as bad as this is, I'm still making a choice to be here. Like I decided to be here. I decided to show up for this abuse. I decided to do these things. It, it keeps some sort of power in your life so you don't feel like people are just doing bad things to you and you're a victim that you're making a choice and you have the freedom to go at any time, but you choose to be there. Yeah. And there are some people who will stick around in this type of environment for years and years and years and years. And I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just saying for me that it's, it's, it was very, very, very difficult. Right. Very difficult. And wore me down to a nub. Yeah. <laughs> Led to a lot of other issues oh, like man. anxiety and depression and just loss exactly. of hope and, motivation over time. And, um, you know, if I had to do it all over again, I think I'd still do it because I learned a lot from it, but I certainly wouldn't like decide to tomorrow to go get, get into that again. Right. It was really tough. Yeah. Really, really tough. That's good stuff. Babe. Okay. We, we cover everything here. I think so. Yeah. Should I stay or should I go? I hope at the end of this, you've got some sort of clarity to what your next thoughts and steps are. Um, if you still have more questions about it, feel free to check out our Tufo community on Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, on any one of our social media profiles, you'll, there's a link tree. If you click that link tree, there would be a link there for the Tufo community. It's yes. on Facebook. And we do weekly calls. Oh, that's, oh, I didn't mention that. Yeah. If you're part of the community, you will also know uh -huh. that we host a free Zoom call every week. Mm -hmm. uh, the dates have been kind of juggled back and forth right now. We've got some right, things Right, because things change. But, we have to pivot a little bit. But we post each week and you will know several days in advance, what day the call will be on. It's a great chance for you to just listen. If you want, uh, you can come, come in, in there anonymously. anonymously. Yeah. You don't, <laughs> you don't have to have your camera on or anything like that. You can just listen. Uh, or if you'd like to share and process an issue with the group, people who are going through similar things. It's a great place to do that. Yeah. It's a great place to do stuff like that. I think anyway, no, we've, we've had a lot of great feedback awesome. on it. They, people look forward to it every week to go in there and just chat and listen. And it makes them feel less alone. Yeah. Um, you can reach out to us individually as well. Um, we do some coaching and then I think that, you know, I can not say enough about the power of therapy, professional yeah. counselors working you through some of this stuff as well. Yep. I think that all these things work together are going to get you to be the best version yep. of yourself possible and much quicker than it would have, than it did like me or you working through right, it. <laughs> I'm right. just kind of figuring this out in the yeah. dark as you go yeah. with a walking stick, you know? Uh huh. Okay. Well, I think that's all we've got. Here, yeah, right? we're good. Okay. Awesome. Well, uh, stick around. Hope to see you guys back. Until next time, I am Matt. I am Paige. And we'll see you. Bye.